I'll just goddamn hit wait, the wait, record wait. button. No, 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 what? no, 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 no I hit it. it. I can't it's undo it. Uh, Why? You wanted to prep us or something? Uh, I just wanted to warn everybody about background noise and stuff because it's been it's been rough lately. He means me, y'all. He means me. Actually, the worst offender of all was was Tim Edian. No, Tim's golden. Tim's good. It's me. I breathe in the mic like this, and I click like this. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Just Because and Show, starring Joe with special guest Double Barrel Daryl and Danger Lee Daniels, our uncles. And my name's Jason. And last night I had a dream that the country was open and the people were free. Free to be the fucking idiots that makes this country what it is. Just because it's brought to you by <coughs> and the makers of <sighs> You can tell that the energy is high today, folks. Hey, Joe, I'm gonna start with you because <clears throat> I know the answer if I ask my uncle and, and your uncle. You ever make pancakes? Yes, I do. It's been a little while. Oh, you but, do. Uh, it's not something you've done. It's something you do. Oh. I do, though. It's probably it's been a year. So yeah, it's something I've done. Okay. Well, it's I not was trained. Were you? Uh, there was a rigorous training regimen that my father uh, put me through when I was a child. How to I, cook pancakes correctly. I uh, I made. I got a. I got an urge the other day to make some of the pea cakes, and so we had some crusties. Uh, in the in the larder, I think it was left there by my dad. I think he bought the crusties and brought it with him. Because usually we're a bisquicking family. But anyway, uh, I was you just know, gonna say you've already made a yeah, terrible mistake. Oh, oh, that'll be the debate for the day, folks. Because my dad not only likes crusties, he immortalized that like in a book he made for my son when my son was one years old. K is for crusties. Isn't that right, really? Dad? That, that you've, writ- you've written a children's book, Dan? Well, well, yes, I have. Wow, and it's about crusties? No, it's oh, the no, alphabet. It's about the alphabet. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In fact, it's not only about the alphabet. The whole book uses the alphabet. I mean, talk about eating your own dog food. But anyway, I was making the pancakes, and I remembered people are always saying the first one, the first pancake you make sucks. Is that is that true for you guys? Like, the first one is That's always true. like... The first one is a throwaway. It's yeah. referred to as the sacrificial pancake. So I the virgin pancake. I call yes. it the flap away. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I was thinking about that, and so I decided I would make it as small as possible to see if that's like still true. So I just put a tiny little drop on the pan, you know, and let it spread out, and then I flipped it, and then I took it off, and the rest of the pancakes were perfect. So there you go. It's it's that's not, impressive. You yeah. didn't waste a whole lot of crusties. Uh-uh. I did on that one. So Usually like, that does not work. Uh in the in the in the big scheme of things, it's like the sacrificial virgin. If you go, hey, let's just pick an ugly one, that doesn't work. Oh. Yeah. It, but so yeah. you really you got by with that one. You you're yeah. lucky. So you yeah. have to when you sacrifice a virgin, you have to pick a potential stank hoe. No, honestly. No, yes. just the opposite. You want to pick the finest one. Yeah. No, but yeah, okay, maybe the gods. and and purest, and be beautiful and and absolutely pure as the driven snow. But isn't yeah. it a, a skanko would just make the volcano angry? I, I mean, yeah, a you wouldn't get a crop going in for years. Yeah, okay, <laughs> and your pancakes would totally suck. <laughs> Look, let me be clear. Maybe the audio is not coming through. If, if if it sounded like I said stanko, that's not what I meant. I meant skanko. Okay, a potential skanko is somebody who has not gotten busy with the boys on a daily basis, sometimes four or five at a time. Someone who hasn't done it yet, but could and will. Now the boys are not going to come to the yard for a buck tooth Betty. Am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe I'm being a sexist. You're jerk. saying that you're saying that a, a beautiful woman has the greatest potential to be a skank hoe. More potential than anybody else. Yeah. I disagree. Oh, okay. 
You d- you I mean, she could get any man that she wants. Right. But if you have a, if you have a beautiful, just striking, gorgeous woman, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, she has great potential. Uh, only if she's there has to be like uh, emotional problems and low self esteem. I might be dating like myself. To be a skanko. I huh. might be dating myself here, but I've never really asked their opinion about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think back to when I was sixteen, and I was just thinking I would have loved to lead this project. <laughs> Operation Skanko. I I thought that Stankho and Skankho were synonyms. You're a philistine. Yes. <laughs> I just I just it just seems to me that if if I put a single drop of <laughs> our listener, can you hear that? That's Uncle Dangerly Daniels uh, <laughs> trying to blow his nose, but he blew He's his dealing, mic. Dealing with the virus right there. And they know that because they can see him on audio or video, but I refuse to use video because I don't want them to see what a stanko I look like. Ooh. Or, or a skanko. Yeah. I bring the stank back to skank. I tell you what. Back to flapjacks really quick. Okay, yes. sure. I, I admire your technique, Jason. Mm-hmm. You, you use as little batter as you possibly could yeah. to get through the sacrificial pancake, mm-hmm. and then all the rest of your pancakes, I'm sure, were fantastic. They, they were pretty good. Now, I'm the only one who ate them, so maybe I'm biased, but um, uh, it may be the case that since my dad said that you can't usually get away with that, it was one of those wily coyote situations where I didn't know I was fucking up, and so... I didn't, but now that you guys have told me, fuck you, all my pancakes will suck now. So I'm going to finish with a, a perfect batting average and then move on from there. Uh, but well, I do. You know, according according to Dan, you have to use a big, beautiful, well, the potential of a big, beautiful pancake in order to have the correct sacrificial pancake. Yeah. That's been my experience, too. But I, okay. I think that your I think that your experiment was was worth it. Uh, I just wanted to since since. Danger Lee Daniels is on the show. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see if he can remember a joke that he wrote. I've said it several times on the show, um, but we're talking about pancakes, and it made me think of this joke. Does this does this ring a bell at all, Dan? Do you remember a writing joke any about, jokes about pancakes? Yeah, I think I know it. it. It's, wow, it's really good. <laughs> it's about coffee. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, one day, Dan, we're in a car, and Dan was scribbling on a notepad. He was writing jokes, and he said, okay, well, okay, I got one. I got one for you. It's a, it's pancake-flavored coffee. It's called a Flappuccino. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? I remember it's a that. classic. <laughs> yeah, it stuck with me. I thought it was good. You know what he did? He scratched it out, and he shook his head. He's like, no, that <laughs> Which is perhaps why normally he doesn't remember it when I when I he thinks it's a brilliant joke that I came up with most of the time. I often attribute my uh, my failures to other people. Oh, <laughs> is that what it is? Hey, uh, speaking of uh, failures, uh, I apologize. Maybe it's my machine, but we're getting a little tiny bit roboty. As much as I love looking at your faces, that's a complete lie, by the way. Uh, maybe we should. Uh, I don't know. Think about. Let's no. Turn, let's, let's turn off the video. No, no. Let's stay. Let's robot this shit. Come on now. It's Corona no, to twenty twenty. <sighs> All right. Turn it off. Dad's gone too. There okay. we go. Okay. Speaking of stanky skankos, this happened uh, yesterday, last night, whatever, two nights ago. Friends called us up and they said we're about to have a baby. Um, can you come watch our other kid? So is late at night. I went in, and I. Uh, Kid was already asleep, so I crashed. Woke in the morning and took him to daycare. His daycare is still operating. I guess they want them, the kids, to get coronavirus-like immunity early or something. I don't know. So I took him into daycare, and all of the the people working there were wearing masks. So I couldn't see their mouths. Right? I couldn't see their. I could only judge their expression from their eyes, and they're just looking at me like, "What the fuck?" Because I'm not. I'm not brown. This kid is brown. I'm not brown. And I said, hey, I'm here to drop off this kid. I'll probably be picking him up later on. They went, um, okay. And you could tell what was going on in their head. They're thinking, would a kidnapper, like, take the kid to daycare? Like, is this such a lazy fucking kidnapper that he can't be bothered to watch the kid? Well, I, I stole the baby, but now 
I've got some things to do. Like I need yeah, to get yeah, responsibility. Needs to take care of this fucking kid. Well, after I dropped him, I got back in my car and I was adjusting my rear view mirror and I got a look at my face and I was like, Jesus Christ, is this what I look like in the morning? My hair is all over the place because I haven't done the Corona clipping. You know, I don't have a haircut and my beard is just out of control and I got five o'clock shadow on my like, like everywhere. I, not five o'clock. This is like two thirty in the morning shadow. I don't know what you call it, but anyway. Uh, I don't know about you guys. From the judging from the video, y'all look pretty good. I the Corona thing has made me. It's taken me from bad to worse. How about y'all's? Well, I think that I'm uh, doing well. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yes, I think I'm doing quite well. I've uh, you probably noticed I'm growing my coronavirus beard. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's in, magnificent. Uh, Honestly, I, th- I thought you looked. I thought you looked great. You look regal. Yeah. And the reason I'm doing this is because as my hair gets longer, and by the way, the three hairs that still remain on my head are growing. They're just growing out of control. Yeah. I thought it would blend into the beard and nobody would notice. Well, there you go. I like yeah. that. You yeah, know, I've well, never it seen good. it's working. I've never seen Danger Lee with the facial hair. Are you part Native American? What's the deal, dude? No, not Danger Lee, sorry. Um uh, Double barrel. I get my names confused. Oh yeah, yeah. My dad. I've never seen my dad with a beard. And actually, that wow. After all these decades, are you able to grow a beard, Dad? Have we ever discussed that before? Actually, uh, during this uh, virus time, uh, I did let it go for about a week or so, uh-huh. and uh, it looked like I had a uh, like a shadow after a week. Okay. So I kind of gave up. Okay. Okay. And it, and then it was all gray, and and so I went out oh, bullshit. I, I just shaved it off. So. Okay. No, I've never really grown one. Never have. Not just not your cup of tea, huh? Nope. If I recall, That's- can you guys help me remember your your father, my grandfather? I don't remember ever seeing him with facial hair in photos or in real life. Is that? Do you remember? Good Did point. he ever? He attempted to grow a mustache once. Uh, it was so wispy and so light that nobody could see it. So what he did was he uh, decided that he would color it. <laughs> and uh, he purchased some hair coloring, and uh, and he applied that to his mustache. And uh, as, as we all know, um, our dad, uh, he had a sixth-grade education, so his 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 grasp of chemistry was just tentative at best <laughs> and he did not understand that hair dye is basically ammonia based oh boy <laughs> so as he applied this to his mustache his lungs refused to cooperate <laughs> oh and as he fell to the oh. ground he realized <clears throat> What a bad idea this was. And he decided that a mustache, when he came to again, was not uh, something he should try to do. Okay. I always, wo- I always wondered why Granddad looked like Phantom of the Opera. I was like, is, he just- <laughs> is this just genetic ugliness, or, or was there an accident? And, uh- well, combination of both. I mean, and that's my uh, – I definitely inherited that. So – yeah. So you were you were looking haggard enough, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> to where they thought you were a kidnapper. They they didn't know what to think because they're like, "Thank you for bringing him here." Oh, and by the way, the couple uh, baby was was fast and super healthy. Mom is doing really great. Everybody's on the up and up. So uh, that bodes well for other pregnant people I know. I'm talking Thank about you. you and Laura, Joe, uh, specifically. Yeah, I was yeah. hoping you were talking yeah. about me. Uh, yeah. I, I really wanted to say, I know that you probably wore your shirt that says, I'm not a kidnapper when you I, came into the daycare. I did, yeah. But that's, I think that's off-putting to Can't daycare be. workers. Yeah. And that's the same t-shirt that says, nor a rapist on the back. It does. And I tried to <laughs> so make it. So that's what they read on the way out to, for, yeah. this, you know, for their comfort. I tried to make it less. You know, I try to make it let's put a little bit of humor in there by putting a piece of tape underneath it that said in italics because I can write in italics that said not today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. So I have something that I want to bring up, but I've been talking a lot already. So uh, what what what's going on with y'all's? How's the we, we've heard from? Well, I've heard from my dad, Joe. I'm sure you've heard from your dad how Corona is going. I don't know if they want to tell the audience our, our listener how it's going for them because they know it's going for us but i'd like to hear more i want to hear because because that honestly both of our uncles jason are are looking good today they are and uh 
And I think it is difficult for people to look properly coiffed or quaffed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce that word uh, it, during this virus because nobody gets to go to their favorite barber or uh, stylist, yeah. which I know that both Dan and Dad have uh, have stylists. They do. And they have no access to these people. So how, how are you guys? I know you're just growing your beard out, Dan, but Dad, you're looking good. I know you don't need to shave. But uh, is your wife cutting your hair? Uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm lucky I had the hair I do, but it's uh, actually I don't need to cut it anymore. It stopped growing. It just didn't fall out. That's like a superpower. Okay. Two different things. Yeah. So actually, my hair just stopped growing. And so I don't need to get a haircut anymore. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah. That's and about cool. about your full head of hair, I forgot to tell you. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that's cool though. That's like a, I mean, it's not like you're gonna get in the comic books, but that's like an X Man mutation thing going on. Like you got the beautiful hair, and it just it's there. You don't have to cut it. It doesn't fall. I like that. Yeah, it's it's a on that Dad is not. He's not a spring chicken, but his his hair looks like that of a spring chicken. Yeah. Well, Definitely. maybe. What, like a sixty-year-old gray chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. When, when I was growing up as a child, I, I looked at my brother and my sister, and I looked at my uncles and my aunts, and it seemed obvious to me that I had been adopted. <laughs> uh, and that concerned me for a number of years. And then, you know, life goes on, and you get over it. And I thought, well, you know, they, they've taken me into the family, and they have they appear to to care for me and at least in some ways and i should be happy and then i look at my nephew and i look at my son and i look at me and then i look at my brother and i wonder who is the adopted one now (laughs) (laughs) so true (laughs) (laughs) and i'm I'm his son i'm the baldest one of all of us, and and uh, and I'm his son. I, I Apparently, so, the the hairline though comes from the maternal side, but I, I don't know. There's lots of bald fuckers on the. <laughs> oh no! I, I said the word again, almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm sending uh, Joe a, a little text message here. There we go. Um, what was I going to say? I can't remember. I can't think of two things. God, being old sucks, and you guys have experience in this. Dad, you were suggesting somehow that you looked at our aunts and your aunts and uncles and somehow thought that they were good looking. Now, that was obviously before I was born. And I, you know, that Asian, that stereotype of Asians that their faces, you can't tell how old they are until they hit about 75. And then all of a sudden they're old and they look wise. And it's, it's racist, whatever. Are you saying that's the case of our, your aunts and uncles? Because I remember looking at them thinking, okay, I wasn't thinking, well, it's a good-looking munch. I was thinking, uh, okay, well, maybe I'll just get smart then. I mean, you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I think, you know, uh, if you ignore the tooth count, uh, <laughs> there is there is a certain in, in, intrinsic beauty there within the family. Uh, Did Aunt Darlene get all of it? I mean, I just don't see. Look, I'm not trying to insult my family, except we're a bunch of ugly fuckers. I just don't. I guess I don't understand. Maybe your bar was lower because you grew up with cows and and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> well, just because our teeth look like graveyards doesn't mean that we're ugly. I mean, but well, yes, it does. <laughs> okay, I guess you're right. <laughs> I, I think we could. I think we could all agree to this that uh, in the in the culture and okay. that was family, 2029. We have Joe. all we have all endeavored to infuse better genes into the family by uh, marrying incredibly attractive women. Yes. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's I true. Think it, I think that's going to work over centuries. And yeah, looking at our that. male children, it's been a total failure. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I think this I might take centuries. The, the, the effort is commendable, but uh, yeah. it might take centuries. Um, yeah. Jason and I are, are both working on this, too. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think we'll have some good looking kids here uh, by the year 3000. Yeah, that's it, the- it seems like this generation has definitely taken a step up. It's it's really it's looking a lot better. There's hope for the family. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for dad. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the running joke. Well, it's not really a joke. 
dead serious. I mean, he's a good-looking guy. That, that's why you're saying, Dan. Like, you know, who's the adopted one here? Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it goes without saying that um, Double Barrel is the best looking of his generation and older. I'm about ready to turn the video back on for you guys. <laughs> have, have, you've seen pictures of of Daryl and I standing next to each other, right? Yes, and this and is before Photoshop. Believes that that's my brother. Yeah. To be fair, there's lots of mannerisms and your faces. I mean, I, th- I think it's it's apparent that you guys are, are uh, yeah. related. Hey, but I, uh, I, I got to tell a story about me and Dan. Uh, we Dan came to visit, and uh, Carrie had a meeting with a bunch of uh, old secretaries and teachers from uh, the school district here where we live. And uh, there was about seven or eight of them sitting there and and dan had just pulled into town and we said why don't you come over and meet these ladies you know just then they were all in their 60s or 70s i don't know and uh dan walked in and uh, he had never met them before and this this the old gal stood up and she goes oh you're the good looking one Right. <laughs> it's true. True story. That's funny. You know, it's. it's I don't think it's against the law to I, give old people great. alcohol, but you got to be careful, uh, Uncle Daryl. You got to be careful when you get them drunk like that. Hey, um, I thought I, I, I do have something I wanted to bring up, and I wanted to get your all's opinion. It's not really Corona related specifically, but eventually will be. It's an extended analogy, okay, and um, and I want to get y'all's opinion because Dad, you have been a stand-up comic. But also, my uncle and my cousin are also students of comedy, right? I think that's a fair yeah. thing to say, right? We, we joke about our family is ugly, and we're poor, and we're we're stupid, and we don't belong on this planet, and coronavirus is hey, going to kill us. Those, those were <laughs> <Sorry>. jokes? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I think we can also say pretty safely that as a family, we're a pretty funny bunch, right? We, 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 what we lack in good looks, we make up for in humor. Right. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board. With that. All right. Okay. All right. So yeah. I'll try to rip through this fast because it's my own voice I'm hearing and it's least favorite voice on the planet. But um, let's start with Reagan. Okay. Now, Reagan was a pretty decent stand up comic. Okay. His jokes weren't my style, but I have to recognize that a lot of people liked him. I mean, he charged a little bit too much for his tickets, probably to keep the riffraff out. Right. And then him and that other comedian, what's her name? Thatcher, the jokes they were telling did sort of launch an alt comedy style that's still alive today so we could sort of thank him for that even though it was a protest comedy but anyway uh, after reagan got done with his eight minutes um one of his writers got up there uh bush george bush and it turns out like it's same jokes but the delivery counts and after four minutes they kicked his ass off the stage they're like just you're just you're not funny dude so um after that bill clinton gets up on the stage and that fucker was hilarious he well, he killed it. I mean, he was filthy. Talk about a dirty comic. In fact, it got so dirty that at one point the manager came up on stage and said, you need to tone it down a bit, dude. Uh, but they didn't kick him off. They let him finish his eight minutes, and that was pretty good. So then he got done, and then Bush's kid came up, and uh, he starts doing some, some comedy. And it's the same jokes his dad was doing, same jokes uh, Reagan was doing, because basically he was getting his jokes from uh, his writers, Rumsfeld and Cheney. And they've been writing jokes since Nixon, right? Way back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it's all the same writers. Yeah, all the same writers, right? And, and, and it looked like he was going to follow his dad's four footsteps, you know, four minutes and he's out. But then halfway through his first set, some dude punches another dude in the face in the audience. And everyone's like, like, oh, he handled that pretty well as far as comedians go. So they let him do his eight minutes, right? And then the next comedian gets up there, this guy, Barack Obama, solid eight clean minutes of comedy, really, really good, took the kind of shit show that the comic before him had left and just warmed everybody up, and it was great. I mean, the only thing about Obama's set was that he got heckled the whole time. In fact, he got heckled during his introduction, and what's really <laughs> ironic is because he was black, a lot of people who are dipshits didn't like that. And so they actually nominated one of the hecklers to be the next comedian. So this guy Trump gets up there and talk about a, a, a just not funny 
the only reason he keeps going is because there in the corner is like four racist assholes who think everything he says is fucking hilarious. It's embarrassing. Have you ever been in a comedy show where like three people are laughing and everyone else is looking around like, what the hell? Right? This this Trump guy is not funny. He's just, it's his jokes are racist. They're, he's got one joke. It's like, if your skin is brown, you might be a terrorist. You know, it's just not. He's not funny, right? And and the next comedian that we're hoping will knock him off stage is this tired old guy. He used to write jokes with Obama, so that's good. But you can tell he's just going to – he's probably going to bring back some of those Reagan jokes. And I don't know. This, the, the country needs some laughter, and I don't know if – we're definitely not getting it now. I don't think we're going to get it. So what do you think? I mean, what's – What's the well, deal? I think that's a brilliant uh, synopsis of, of the presidents of my life, actually. Uh, and I would say that probably the one that's going to come up, the best we can hope for, is a uh, joke writer that should just have quit years ago. Yeah, if Bernie <laughs> Sanders would have gotten elected, talk about it would have been a Seinfeld, four, eight minutes of Seinfeld would have been really good. But you're right. That's true. Yeah. And I know that people like, like they're saying, like, well, Elizabeth Warren, she's funny, and I think she is. I think she would have been a Barack Obama part, too. But you know how the world is, right? They expect female comics need to be edgy. But if you're too edgy, then you're, like, you're caustic, right? You know, like, your Amy Schumers, they can't get a break. They either talk about their vagina, and people don't like that, or they talk about, you know, sunflowers and puppy dogs, and people say, oh, it's too clean, right? <laughs> Same with Hillary Clinton. You know, she was just as filthy as her uh, husband, although she delivered clean. That's what you get. What we need is a Wanda Sykes. There you go. I agree 100%. Uh, Wanda Sykes for president. Yeah, somebody well, who's... What we got now is a retarded Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> it's true. Oh, Jason, do you remember a, an, an evening that we went to a comedy club in Seattle? And I did a, a short set. And yes. uh, there was a guy who I think was on before me who his final joke was stubbing a lit cigarette out in his hand. Yes, I do. I remember that well. That was that reminds me of our current. Yeah, well, act. there's hope. I gotta ask, did that joke go over well, or no. is that a joke, or like it? Did, did he bomb? And then when he hurt himself, everybody was like, "Well, at least he's in pain. That's good." Kind of. Well, his entire set was about his time in prison and how, uh, after a while, he started enjoying it. So nobody said shit. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was pretty bad. The saving grace. Was a room that. full of courtesy chuckles just to, yes. for their own safety. Yeah. It, it, Dad's set was really good. He got up in front of a kind of a cold room, warmed everything up. It was great. He was Obama all over again. It was it was a good set. Um, and then he sat down, and eventually this this weirdo got on. In fact, it got so bad that we were all going to leave. The four of us, uh, mom and dad, me and, and my wife Allison, we were we were about to leave. And the the manager of the club say, "Hey, you guys really want to stay for the final guy?" And we're like, "No, we we got to go." This is shit. And he's like, no, trust me, you want to stay. So we sat down because we're wimps. And Jim Gaffigan gets up there to do yes. a practice Holy set. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And he was good. I'd never, at that point, I'd never seen him. And he was really funny. He was doing the whole, you know, that voice he does on the side where he's like, he tells a joke. He goes, wait a minute. I like Krispy Kreme or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That voice what's, he does. What's wrong with his pants? Yeah, exactly. What's that wrong voice. with his pants? Yeah. Yeah, Jim Gaffigan's great. He's like the Abraham Lincoln of comedians. <laughs> what do you mean like that? He's going to get shot? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean he's a really good comedian. Come on, I'm running with your analogy. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. I, I tried. Yeah, no, he's that was really good. good. That's all. He is. He's good. He's we good. We'd be proud too. of him as a comedian yeah, in this yeah. country. Well, anyway, I've been thinking about that for a few days, and actually, I'm not going to, but I could. I went all the way back to Kennedy with this analogy, and my knowledge of presidents kind of gets fuzzy after or before that. So, I'm guessing that Kennedy, uh, he died on stage. <laughs> he he uh, got heckled he real bad. It, man. Oh man, he got heckled real real bad, and yeah, then his his co-writer gets up there, and he's a racist d bag. But that just set the stage for for Nixon. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And then Ford and then Carter and et cetera. So anyway. I love this. I'm never going to be able to shake that analogy the, the, in, in so many ways, just to kind of step out of it for a second. Mm -hmm. that, you know, the fact that a president is a performer it really stands out for me in this moment. And, uh, and they, they all have been. But I think it's important to have a good performer. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. 
they, the, they represent us. They they need to be. They need to get on the stage and represent us well on the world stage. That's a that's so. a great way of putting it, Joe. Like a good comedian will be someone who's relatable, but not obvious, right? You you can relate to what they're saying, but they're saying things you hadn't thought of before. You know, it's, yeah, leadership, and we don't have that right now. Um, we have the coronavirus president. Somebody who just keeps making more and more people sick. Anyway. Well, uh, we never really finished. Well, it, we've had lots of guests since the virus started. And I think we mm-hmm. we did that because we want to check in with our friends and family. And, and we want to do so on the show just yeah. to kind of, I don't know, so things are on record, I suppose. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we just want to goof around with people that we love. But uh, yeah. Dad, you've you've told me a little bit about how your life has changed during the virus. Can can you go a little bit into that? Can you just check in for us? How are things going during this well, whole well, thing? Well, I think what I told you, and I I lie to you all the time, so it's really hard to keep track. <laughs> Understood. But uh, what I think I said was that you know when I retired, I started practicing social distancing right then. So I've had four years of practice up to this point. But as soon as my government told me that I had to social distance, I just wanted to go be in a crowd. <laughs> that, that's where I'm at. You're a rebel. Well, <laughs> have you been responsible though? It's not like did or did you break down and just start kicking people's doors down, going sneezing in people's face? Yeah, I just been going up and licking down the their doorknobs, you know, breaking in doors and go, hey, you know. And then I touch my face and then shake their hand and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's somebody the guy told me I not am. to do this. No, I've so been fuck uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, where I live, uh, there's a lot of people that uh, really don't like government. Uh, they're, yeah, well, they're Republicans, and mm-hmm. uh, and so there's there's a revolt around here. You know that uh, you know I'll go to church if I want to. You know, yeah, that's that's what I've heard, and that that's happening around here in Davenport too, where the mm-hmm. people that I see in public and at grocery stores that don't have masks, they're older people. They don't have MAGA hats on, but uh, I, I yeah. hate to be prejudiced, but uh, I see older people and they've got kind of a smirk on their face and they're not wearing masks and they're like, yeah. they're going right up to, you know, the, the chips in the chips aisle and they're kind of like breathing on shit, it seems to me. Maybe I'm a little <laughs> paranoid, but I feel like there's some rebellion going on in my Absolutely. neighborhood. Absolutely, yeah, that's way yeah, you kind my of, neighborhood too. But I, I, what I do is I, I just try to follow the rules, and uh, I'm trying to pick my layer of bullshit on this whole thing. You know, it's uh, you gotta you gotta believe something, and mm-hmm. so uh, I I tend to believe that uh, it's just a bunch of bad data, but but I'm a responsible citizen, so whatever the rules are, I will totally play and let this thing fall out like they want it to fall out or how it should fall out whatever that is well it's good to consider too that if you don't follow like this is now the social norm you know there's you have expectations socially and if things go really badly uh, people are never going to forgive you because they're going to remember your fucked up behavior right yeah you know so at least it's going to be my fault if this all goes down right Right, you won't be held accountable. So, are you wearing masks when you have to go out in public, Joe? You masking up? Yes. Well, yeah. as as a Taco Bell manager too, of course, when I go to work, I have to wear masks, right? And uh, I have to wear gloves and stuff. But but yeah, I do. I'm okay. a little having a pregnant wife at home. Like, I do not want to bring this thing home. Yeah. So I'm pretty. I am. I'm pretty hardcore. I'm. I'm wiping down. People have looked at me funny because I'm wiping down the cart, like the whole fucking cart, with a <laughs> with a disinfectant wipe, and I've got. I literally have Purell in my pocket. And yeah. I'm squirting my hands all the time. Got your. I just don't want to bring it home to my wife again. Yeah. Dad. Dad might be right. This all might be bad data, and I might be going too far. But at this point, I'd rather go too far. Yeah. That may be, I don't know, comforting for you because, and and my my our uncles can relate to this. I can relate to this. When you're the husband of a pregnant wife, you mm-hmm. you can't do anything. You're you're useless. You've done your job. Yeah, you knocked her up, and then after that, anything you do is not enough. You know what I'm saying? 
You can't make her feel better, no matter how hard you try. You can't be there for her, no matter how hard you try. So, Joe, you have this opportunity to sort of think you're doing good by taking a flamethrower to every surface you touch to get rid of the germs, yeah. right? You get to put in all this effort, like, like I, I'm trying. Look at me. I'm I'm purelling this person I talk to, and and feel like you're making effort. That's and so that's good for you. I hope that's. I like that for you. I think this coronavirus well, has done yeah, a lot of does. good for a lot of people. I, I do feel useful, and yeah. I, I hate to, yeah, I hate to just go against your your theory here that I, I that I can't be useful. I feel like I'm constantly working. Um, oh, it's not enough. Well, I'm not saying that it's enough, but oh, yeah. shit, if I just stopped doing things, Laura would be in big trouble. Oh no, she just man up and take care of it herself and hate you. And oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Okay. And that's the American way. No, I really do think this coronavirus uh, thing has been good for a lot of people. You mentioned the the old folks, uh, Uncle Daryl, walking around with a smirk on their face. The amount of smug satisfaction that people are getting right now when they defy the rules and don't get sick, or at least they think they're not sick, makes them so happy. I just sort of, you know, I'm glad for them. I was like, I'm, I'm glad for you. There are people out there who enjoy being angry. And so they go to their state capitals and they pound on the glass and say, we want to be let out of our house, you know, and they're enjoying themselves. I'm like, good for you. This is good. You're, you're having a good old time. And that's great. They're and you're going to be dead soon. for their freedom. Yeah. And you're going to be dead soon. You, you all saw the article about that pastor of a mega church who's in the virus or who's in the hospital. He's got the virus hooked up to a ventilator. And he's like... We had two huge services for the last two weeks. I don't know how I got this, you know? Oh, my God. What an asshole. And then there's people well, like I, me and like you, Joe, and ostensibly your uncles, who are also getting a lot of fun watching these assholes asshole up, you know, fulfilling the destiny that we have for them, which is like, stupid people are going to be stupid. Look, they're still being stupid, and we're so happy to be right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, this is just, I don't think America's ever been in a better place, honestly, as a shit show. Well. Here in uh, and where I live, we've we've I've experienced the same thing. People are very uh, defiant and openly defiant about the <clears throat> the protocols that have been put in place. And there was I was in Safeway the other day, and I was wearing my mask, and there was a guy there, you know, and he he wasn't wearing a mask, and he was just pissing and moaning about how stupid this is and how how the government is trying to take control of our lives. And I looked at him and I said through my mask, I said, you know what? I think you're right. I agree with you 100%. And I took my mask off, and I reached in, and I picked up a tomato, and I licked it, and I put it back on the stack. Yeah. Good for you, Dan. Yes. And he asked me if I had an extra mask he could wear. <laughs> so I feel as though I've made some progress in that area. I had a moment of rebellion because I just I've – ha I've had enough. You know, every once in a while, I just – I. I can't stand it anymore. And I had a similar situation. I walked in. Hey, sorry, right Joe, the, to interrupt yeah. you real quick. I think we lost your dad. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I well, apologize. Here, maybe, maybe I can add him again. Yeah. Shall I give that a shot? Yeah, give Let's him a shot. I'm sorry I interrupted Let's... your story there. Oh, that's okay. It was about farting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 If we have time in this, uh, this episode, I do have my plan for dealing with the coronavirus, and I'd and I'd like I'd love the opportunity to uh, to to uh, to tell you what it is. We have all the time in the world. Where are we? What are we going to do today? <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah, there yeah, you are. He's we back. Got, we got dad. We back. almost lost one to the virus, but he's back. Got him. Anyway, awesome. Dad, you're you're dropping out of the call rudely interrupted my story about farting and I never get to tell stories about farting or never. shitting so uh, I'd, I'd like to just tell you what my moment of rebellion I, I decided I've had enough of these masks I've had enough of wiping down carts with disinfectant wipes and I'm I'm just going to go to Vons and I'm going to pretend like there's no virus at all fuck this and I thought, you know, in my neighborhood, there's a bunch of MAGA hat wearing people. They'll be okay with it. And I'll just join the rebellion for a second. I went in, and it just so happens at that moment, everybody had masks on. Everybody had Purell. Everybody was standing three, six standing feet six apart. Feet. And uh, and somebody came up six feet away, that is, with a mask on. And they said, where's your mask? You know, muffled through the mask. I pulled down my pants, and I projectile farted at them and blew their mask off. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, wow. that's my rebellion story. 
That's a good story. I like that. I was wearing a I was wearing a MAGA hat too. Was that? <laughs> oh, so you're like an agent provocateur, just to piss people off. Yeah. I was like, fuck this. Was that a Make sort America of a gassy again? Was that sort of a, nice. a, a broccoli cauliflower methaneish fart, or was it a burrito blast? I mean, can you describe the uh, the texture of the flatulence? It's it, it sounded like a grenade going off. <laughs> I, had, I had been building it up for a long time because I, I knew I wanted it to, to really fire one out there and fill up the space. Okay, so it was a it was a long projected sort of like wee. It was more of a pow pow. Yeah, it was con- it was concussive. Okay, I'm afraid that it took too long for me to deliver my fart joke, and it was not effective. Well, it, but it's, that's okay. I think it's breeding good conversation. We only got we got 15 minutes left, but I wanted to uh, ask: Does anybody know? Has Doctor Fauci said anything about whether Corona can be transmitted via fart? I mean, does it does that happen? Well, that was my excuse. I said, "This is not transmitted through farts. Stop your whining." After okay, I farted yeah. in everybody's face. Because it's it's a it's a, a surfactant. The it if the virus infects the surfactant in your lung, right? It's not gastrointestinal. So fart away, folks. That's our our public service message for the day. Put on a mask and fart away. If you want to feel connected with other people, you know, get six feet away from you know everybody. Just grid out, and then just start farting, and you can all smell each other and mm-hmm. feel each other's warmth. In some respects, smelling a fart means you're not smelling a virus, right? Because your nose can only take so much. Yeah? yeah, yeah. So you're doing them a, a favor, Joe. You clear, you clean the air, because the flatulence That's juice that permeated probably killed the virus in like a two mile radius. That was my plan. I, I disinfected the the area. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's beautiful. Now, like I said, we only have like about 15 minutes left. Dad, you had a, a virus protocol that you wanted to implement across the world. Yes, uh, <clears throat> my opinion is is that this whole approach to controlling or, or dealing with the coronavirus is completely ludicrous. I mean, one hundred percent ludicrous and stupid, and and the the lack of leadership that has been shown in this area is just it, it's just incredible. The, the, to me, the approach is simple. Uh, the approach that they've taken now is devastating our economy. The 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 backlash of what's happening uh, from an economic standpoint is going to last decades and this could all be avoided what you do is you just take a simple project management approach yeah. to the virus and i am a project manager uh, by trade mm-hmm. you take a you divide the people into two groups those what have it and those what don't those mm-hmm. that have it you put over here those what don't you put over there the ones that have it if they die problem solved mm-hmm if the ones who don't have it get it, you put it with the ones that do. Pretty soon, the two groups will take care of themselves and will be back to normal. And that's just, it's just so simple, you know. You just you just divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. I and think that's... the people who don't have it go on just like life was the same as it was before. And if you take a look at the percentages, which I love to do, I love it when people look at the percentages. Like only 0.17% of the population has died from this. Yeah. And I think, well, isn't that reassuring? You know, only 0.17%. Uh, and and the, if that happens to be your wife or your, your mother or your brother, well, Quit crying. It's only 0.17%. So go out and just cough on people. Yeah, in fact, that, that that will accelerate the division process. And I like this plan, too, because so far the testing worldwide has been so robust, especially here in America. We have these instantaneous tests that pretty much, you know, guarantee whether a person does or doesn't have it. It's basically, are you wearing a MAGA hat? You've got it. Yeah. Go over to Leopard Island, please, while the rest of us go about, you know. um, Yeah, and uh, and luckily with this virus, there's nobody who's asymptomatic who might just be carrying the virus around. Right. They spent billions of dollars on on ventilators and 
PPEs, and I, and, and I think that's personal protective uh, accessories. Something like uh, that. I'm not too sure exactly. <laughs> that my spelling might be off there. But anyhow, <laughs> we spent this billions of dollars on this crap. What we should have done was focused on testing because testing could have been done almost cost-free. You basically take a person and you stare at them for two weeks, and if they quit staring <laughs> back, they have it. It's yeah. simple. It's straight. You know who I think would agree with you? Glenn Beck. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, Glenn and I talked about this, and he said, Jesus, Dan, back off a little bit, would you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Glenn Beck Beck is is loudly encouraging everybody to get back to work and get out there, and he's doing so uh, from locked inside of his fucking basement. Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there does seem to be two two types of people who are saying this is all a hoax you've got the people who are saying it's a hoax from their basements and you got other people saying it's a hoax from the hospital those are the two people <laughs> like, right and then you have that real. dude i don't know if you guys saw the video then you have that dude that that spit on an orange at a at a produce market and then got knocked the fuck out yeah <laughs> by somebody standing near him yeah. and those are my favorite people those that, that's where i stole my tomato licking joke from yeah. you're right oh, <laughs> what's what's great about that is like anybody would knock you the fuck out even if there wasn't a fire going around don't fucking spit on orange that's true. That has, actually that video was recorded in 1998 <laughs> there you go. Yeah. nothing was yeah. happening it was just an asshole who spit on an orange that was it and that's what you get yeah <laughs> oh man so the thing that I I'm sure that most people most privileged white people like me are most fed up with is that it's not that my lifestyle has changed that much right I mean I already work from home you know and I like to be by myself and uh, Uncle Daryl you're saying something along the same lines like you were prepping for isolation oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah. but what really upsets me is like I go to my news feed this is true. I'm being sincere. I go to my news feed and it's Corona Trump, Corona Trump, Corona Trump. It's like, I want to know what bullshit Ariana Grande pulled. I want to know whether, you know, Liam Neeson is going to be in another wolf punching movie. You know what I'm saying? I need important news, but I, it's all been pushed out. I don't know what's really going on in the world. It's Corona Trump, Corona Trump, you know, and that's that's how your world has changed because yeah. anybody that listens to the show knows that you're up on what's going on with the uh, royalty yeah. over Great Britain and like you're not getting any of that info no. anymore. No well, Ariana Grande, no Liam Neeson punching wolves, no yeah. no royalty. Damn. Yeah. So well, that it, is your world has changed and it sucks because it, it's boring. Is it just me or is it every time that guy speaks on television, I just want to go book a room on a cruise ship and inhale deeply who <laughs> who gilbert Gottfried? oh no, no the orange julius oh <laughs> <laughs> orange julius yeah. <laughs> it's true nice. yeah no the guy is oh man it's just so great and the, i love how i guess i i do like some of it i love how the journalists are finally pushing back they're like talking over him and saying what are you talking about prove it and he just speaks in generalities like we've been doing a great job and it's amazing. Well, what did you do? We did a great job. That's what we did. And it's just I love it. It's Yeah, it's the good press time. conferences are are just crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, it's just it bickering and bickering and bickering, but uh, I, I I get it. I mean, if I was if I were sitting before that man, I like that orange Julius. Um, <laughs> I don't know what would come out of my mouth, but I feel like I would be expressing uh, severe anger. I think that every newspaper should have a what the fuck are you talking about department and that should just be what they say. Just say it over and over to him. What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I, I think to put it in perspective, I actually enjoy listening to Pence talk now. Mm. I I said out loud the other day, I said, oh man, it's so refreshing to hear Michael Spence talk. <laughs> And I couldn't fucking believe that I said that, but I was being totally sincere. <laughs> Who's wait a minute, I'm stupid. Who's Michael Spence? Uh, oh my god, did I get the the vice president's name, the vice comedian's name wrong? The, what the fuck? 
What the pants? Sorry, pants. Pants. pants, yeah. pants. What's his pants. first name? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the motherfucker's name. I've been calling him Pants for three years now. What's his? Is it Fred Pence? No. <laughs> What's his first name? I yeah. don't know, man. I thought it's Mike. Mike Pence. I was close, right? Come on. Mike. Oh, you're right. It's because you said Michael, and I just like Michael. That it's his name's not Michael. Michael. Well, I've been fucking up a lot on the show, and let me tell you why. Because I only got like three hours of restless sleep. Oh, yeah? Because. Yeah? Yeah, every once in a while. So my wife is eight months pregnant, Mm -hmm. and every once in a while I try to sleep in the bed with her. And earlier (laughs) I sent you guys. Well, that's what got you this problem in the first place, so maybe you should just curtail that. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Well, I sent you guys early before the show started i sent you guys some videos yes of of people break dancing well mm-hmm. one guy seems to be break dancing he's really just fumbling around on a sheet of ice just trying not to break his ass but uh, the, these break dances the reason why i sent you that is because i feel like that's what my wife does throughout <laughs> the night yeah on on our bed so i try to sleep in there it doesn't work out and see the, the the top video, which is a guy fumbling around on the ice. That's what my wife does on the bed. Yeah. Now, then there's a, a break dancer under that, and he's doing a little move called the windmill. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what my unborn child is doing inside <laughs> of my wife. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. And and I'm sure every woman out there who's ever been pregnant is now listening to you saying, want to trade places, motherfucker? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I imagine. No, I, I hear what you're saying. It can be... The the dads can have it pretty rough, and obviously we know we don't have it even close to as rough as the moms do. We're not even, we're not even. It's not in the same ballpark, right? They're major leagues, and we're like uh, a fucker throwing a baseball against his garage door, right? It's not even the same. But yeah, it's, I, I do boohoo sometimes that yeah. I'm I'm constantly working, but uh, I think it's a legitimate. It's boo-hoo, nothing though. compared to what Laura is going through. Right, comparatively, yeah. it's not. But just because somebody breaks an arm doesn't mean your stub toe doesn't hurt right and so i think that's a that's good did, well did, mostly mostly it's because you'd think i'd be working less most people are working less but taco bell being an essential infrastructure mm-hmm. uh it, it's i'm slinging tacos more now than ever i'm yeah. constantly working and then when i come home you know L- laura can't be doing a bunch of yard work and no. and uh you know yeah uh, housework there's lots of stuff that she's not able to do so when i'm done slinging tacos i'm i'm doing all sorts of other shit all of that combined is is nothing compared to the discomfort right. that she's uh, she's experiencing nevertheless uh, you are very tired um you have not been getting a lot of sleep i wanted in our last five minutes to ask my the uncles did your wives also have that sort of break dance thing going on in their sleep were they kind of uncomfortable at month eight? Oh yeah yeah uh, the uh, as, as I recall, in both instances, as I refer to them, uh, <laughs> there was a restless leg syndrome going on. Yep. And, uh, That's and the term good. my wife uses. Yeah. Restless leg syndrome is and, happening. Yeah. Can, At least that's what she called it. I think she just recalled that what happened several months before and was just kicking me to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> ah, God damn it. I was going to say, it's a good excuse uh, after kicking me in the nuts like oh it's restless leg syndrome sorry about that yeah what about uncle daryl uh are you still there yeah i'm here can yeah. you hear me yeah you're just quiet yeah. and pretty that's what you are um cool was that the case for you as well your two kids did your wife do the uh, lumbata on your back there truly i'm i you know when you ask that question i'm trying to think back uh whether i experienced that or not i really don't have any memory of that happening okay I really don't. I, I don't think it happened to me. Okay. Uh, well, alcohol is a wonderful drug. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was the seventies. It was. The 70s. So well, that, uh, that doesn't surprise me either, because I'll bring up I'll bring up stories or important moments from our mm-hmm. relationship. You know, in my childhood, my dad doesn't really remember anything mm-hmm. about my life or his. Okay. And, uh, exactly. But that becomes that's kind of fun because now I can just kind of make shit up and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, I remember that." <laughs> I, I remember you did that to me. You were in college at the time, and you had this beautiful story that you told me, and I was just agreeing with all of it. And then you just looked at me and you go, "It's all a lie, Dad. We didn't do any of it." <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Dad, you remember that time when I'll we robbed forget. a bank? <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. We almost got wow. shot by the cops. Yeah. Remember that time we went fishing together? Story, and I just yeah. so I so wanted it to be true. <laughs> I think that's what's but great way, about. I don't I don't take advantage of that. It, I, I I did more when I was younger because I yeah. thought it was funny that that he couldn't remember anything, so I could make up my own childhood memories. Yeah, but yeah. I, I find that that's cruel. I don't I don't. It was I did I did take it badly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's what's great about the times we're living in now is that we will eventually get to the point where it will be something we deny, right? We're in the thick of it now. Really, really, really sucks. But like, if it's all over within, I don't know, five years from now, we'll look back and go, that wasn't that bad. I mean, come on. So we had to play more Nintendo. Big fucking whoop. Meanwhile, the rest of the world that like either died or starved to death, they're going, fuck you, God, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you so much. Fuck you. Yeah. Hey, I have a question about the virus. Yeah, we have two minutes and, uh, left, but I, if you go long, that's I'm totally too lazy. Cool. I'm too lazy to do my own research, so I just <laughs> want somebody else to take care of it and let me know. Uh, you know, they have these uh, artist renditions of the what the virus looks like, mm -hmm. and it's a very beautiful thing. I, I really kind of was attached to it. I've got it. A mural on my wall right now oh. of that virus because it's really cool but i think uh that that is an artist rendition of it and i thought that a virus was so small that you really couldn't take a picture of it that's or yeah. you really it's really hard to isolate it so i don't yeah. know what the tests are actually looking for does anybody know yeah so that is a, a, a photo of the virus but it's been run through a lot of instagram filters so Mm, it does wow. look to like make that. it colorful, yeah, and beautiful. Oh, yeah. hey, that's, there see, that's beautiful. Let's put it on the screen for us. Yeah, yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah, I've decided for Halloween I'm going to dress up my nuts like the coronavirus. I think that's beautiful too. Oh yeah, that be nice. Yeah. They sort of already yeah. look like that already a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, it won't take a whole lot. Yeah, you use a little. Yeah. You, you shave them. I'm on a budget. You shave them. You get them kind of cold, and boom, we're talking. <laughs> you got the corona <laughs> nuts. Go. Yeah. So I think so, Jason, you're saying that that's really the what the virus looks like. Well, no, I. In all seriousness, um, you're absolutely right. Viruses are so goddamn small that they, they have to use like, electron microscopes, the kind of things you look at, you know, single molecules with, and that's just their idea. I think it's it's accurate to the to the extent that. Hey, there's a virus right there. <laughs> I think it's accurate. We're looking to the, at we're looking at Trump. Yeah, if you're hearing is, a, is it based on the molecular structure as they understand it? Is yeah, that, that's I, what they're basing it on. I think they've what? taken legitimate photos, or not photos, but whatever, you know, you would call it. But then they gussy it up. Because those you, you've seen pictures, right? They're in black and white, and they're squishy and, and gray. and um, Yeah. Well, like, like Ebola. My question is, is, why did they gussy it up to look like something that's, uh, you know, should be hung on a freaking wall? I think they did it to legitimize everything that they do they're like if you showed them a picture of just a little dot they'd be like this is what's fucking us up ah, i'm going to the beach but they make it big and beautiful and they're like it's something that you can engage with emotionally you know it's like i want to yeah i do I, I engage with that picture so they did a good job yeah i think that's the case same if they do photos or pictures of black holes right i remember being in college and walking by a a, a poster in the science department of a galaxy with a black hole in the middle. And in order to show just how densely dark the uh, hole itself was, they put a nice little a nice little shine on it, just like it was a little black marble, just a little shine. And I just want to be like, no, it, it's not a marble, fuckers. It doesn't shine. In fact, it, uh, it does the opposite of shine. Yeah. So, Hello, yeah. you can't see a black hole. It sucks light. Yeah, and yeah, you can't. <laughs> the The visual representation of a virus, I think, is just it, it. It offers no information whatsoever. That visual does not say to you, "Oh, that's how it works." You know, it's not. You might as well give it a, a name and put pants on it. It does no good. I think. I think they're just trying to find some iconic image now, so we yeah. can all. You know, have something to think think about. That's right. And when people see that, you know, 20 years from now, they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's from the iconic image of the coronavirus. And we are Remember very that? much a, a, a society of 
of icons, like you say, and, and imagery and uh, what's it, branding. And you get it, branding is everything, right? So people are going to start making, you know, coronavirus branded products. And they need to have something to stick on there so that you don't actually have to read. Fuck reading. You want to be able to just... Yeah, I'd, I'd like to have a cereal named Corona Crunch. <laughs> there you go. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's got like vitamin C in it so you don't get Corona even though that doesn't help. I like that. Hell yeah. I see what dad is saying though. Like it, it seems kind of weird to to make something so horrible into like a beautiful image. Yeah. Seems... Right. Uh, that seems counterproductive. Well, I think we can all agree that what's horrible, and I'm not being glib here, what's horrible about coronavirus is how the world, specifically America, specifically our president, has handled it. I mean, car crashes kill people, tuberculosis kills people, AIDS, uh, wife beating, uh, bombs, all these things kill people, right? But there's ways to mitigate it. Coronavirus should not have been as bad as it was. Make it as pretty as you want to. The ugliest thing that you can show in relation to this is, well, as my dad put it, Orange Julius. That's the truly ugly part of this. Not to get political or anything. Well, one of the uh, things that I've observed is if you take a number of deaths in the United States right now, uh, and again, it, using numbers it ignores uh, personal feelings and things like that, but if you just take a look at the numbers and you compare it to an action that uh, my brother and I were directly involved with uh, back in the 60s and early 70s, uh, we killed 55,000 of our friends uh, because our president uh, felt like rubber trees were more important than human life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you compare that atrocity uh, to what's going on now, and, and I know it just gives me a little different perspective on things. Sure, sure. That's a, that's a good point. And, and I'd like to point out, in the interest of full disclosure, that your participation in that was uh, from... Um, a submarine buried deep under the water, very, very far away from any of those 55,000 people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw that shit happening, and I said, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. So you did not actually yeah, kill yeah. anybody. It's my point. Oh, no. No, no. Yeah. no. I and killed if, off a few cor- uh, beers in San Miguel, you know, yeah. in, uh, in the Philippines. That was yeah. about it. And if I recall, um, my Double Barrel Daryl, you were um, uh, working on airplanes, also not killing people. Am I remembering right? I actually build bombs that were sent over there that killed people. Oh, that's right. You've oh, yeah. talked about it. Yeah. You've talked about it on the show. Yeah, yeah. you are a baby killer. I, okay. I, I, I get out most of Vietnam in, in uh, Utah, which was, you know, if I had a choice, Vietnam seemed a little better. <laughs> but, uh, well, some of us did there. suffer. I will admit, some did suffer, and I and I include you in that group. They were in Utah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Hi, sir. All right, this took a dark turn, and now the show's over. Joe, you want to scream something? <laughs> well, it was nice to talk to uh, you guys, yeah. the uncles. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Dan. Uh, Dan, I just want to make sure that we're acknowledged that uh, we made this podcast possible. We did. Yep. Yes. It's uh, true. It's true. So, fuck you I, guys. <laughs> nice. Was- I'm trying to think of something to scream. Anybody got any ideas? Uh, I would scream Orange Julius. Yeah, that's gonna say that. Oh, that's what I was thinking. All yes. right, here we go. All right, bud. Orange Julius. Orange Julius. <laughs> <laughs>